Well, last week I, or actually this week too, I am just so excited about next week as we kick off this uh, book study. I want to say this, and I want to go on record, I hope that this is one of those things I wish that I could assume, but I, I, but we know that we can never assume anything. I hope you guys know that whenever we look at a book, that it doesn't replace this. Nor would you ever think that I would use a book to replace this. If that's the case, please contact me. Let's sit down and have a discussion because you couldn't be completely on the other end of the spectrum. Nothing replaces the Word of God. Absolutely nothing. And so I hope that you know that when we look at a book, it's something where, and we're going to talk about it today, but it's something that could be a mechanism. It could be another voice. It could be another tool that could be used to stimulate our thinking, right? And I want to talk to you about that today. Last week, I kind of set it up. What I wanted to talk about these two weeks was preparing our hearts. What if God has a message for us through this book? What if God has a message for you through this book? And you're saying, mm, no, I'm not going to do that because it's, I don't know, I don't know what reason, what, whatever reason you would have, fill in the blank. How do you know you're not missing out on something that God wants to communicate to you? And if our, the soils of our hearts, if our minds are not, are not open in a sense of receiving what God wants to give us, the word cannot be, the word can get stunted and not, not come in. And we, we, we miss out on things. We miss out on truths. We miss out on things that could stimulate our thinking. Now, there's a couple of reasons why we don't do that is simply because you're scared that God's going to communicate something to you. A lot of times when things come across your radar and we get disgruntled, uh, sometimes I've, I've come to know this through personally myself and interaction with other people. Let's be honest, guys. We get upset because we're under a word called conviction. The Holy Spirit comes and He says certain things to us. We don't like it. And so we want to reach out or lash out about to, to whatever whatever the messenger or whatever tool it is. It's like, no, 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 no. I don't want that. Because it can disrupt maybe what, we are, what we're up to, right? It can disrupt maybe where God's wanting to take us and challenge us and hone off some edges. And, and so a lot, sometimes we can just shut it down from the beginning. I pray that's not the case. I pray that you won't allow Satan to do that. I pray that you have an open heart for a message that God wants to wants to, to share with us and to share with you specifically. And so we, last week we talked about the soils of our heart. Today I want to simply talk about another basic message, but I think it's very profound, and that is how does God speak to us, right? Because for some of us when we say, well, I'm not going to entertain anything else, you're saying that God only speaks certain ways. And I want us to take a look at that this morning because sometimes I think we can miss the voice of God because we, we, we say that, well, this is the only way God can speak. And if it's not this way, then I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to entertain it. Okay? Now, all things should, I think, I believe should be weighed through the Word of God, right? Because God's not going to be, not, God's not going to contradict His Word. God's not going to contradict Scripture. I find it very, very interesting at times where People will come and say, oh, I heard a message from God, and it contradicts the Word of God. It's like something's, not sure what God we're listening to, but God never contradicts His Word, okay? But I want to share with you a couple things, and um, some of this may sound familiar with you, because I think one person that did a phenomenal job, and we did this study a while back called Experiencing God, Henry Blackaby. I love Henry Blackaby's writings, and he shared very, very uh, poignantly um, how God speaks to his people and, and even unpacked it further. But I just want to share with you some thoughts about how God speaks to us. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, 
It says this, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Okay? So the first thing is this, God speaks in various ways. I mean, if you're, if you're sitting in your swing and say, well, God only speaks this way, I want to challenge you. I want you to think about this for a second because God speaks in various ways to get our attention at times. That's the whole concept of us kind of taking a look at this book study. Uh, is that God speaks to us in various ways for us to be, you know, for, for Him to move and to interact with other people. He speaks to us in which He speaks through us and, and moves us if we're obedient to touch other people. And so there's four things that I want to share with you very quickly when God speaks to us. Number one, it's always unique, okay? It's unique. It can be unique to you. Here's, here's another kicker that we'll do at times. God spoke to me, so now I'm going to come to you and lay it on your heart and say, here, follow through on this. That's kind of odd, isn't it? I mean, we saw that real quick snippet with Moses. Oh, God, you can't be calling me. I mean, well, you, we could go through the Old Testament, right? Gideon, another person. God, you're mistaken. You've got the wrong person. Let me tell you why. And we come up with excuses. So then it's like, well, let me bring to you my idea where I believe God spoke and I need you to execute and carry it out. God has a unique message for you. God's speaking to you. He speaks to you at various times and He's saying, I want you. This is yours. I want you to... The question becomes, are we obedient with that? Do we listen? Do we say, okay, this is God speaking to me. This is mine. This is unique to me. This aligns with the way I'm gifted. This way aligns with the way, the way I'm, you know, the way God has blessed me, the way God has created me. This is how God wants to use me and speak to other people through me. It's unique to me. Another one is this. Anytime God, and this is kind of the Old Testament, and looking at the Old Testament, uh, in the life of Moses, when God spoke to Moses, it was pretty unique, right? How, what happened? How did God speak to Moses? Uh, that, the big time that we kind of think of when we think of Moses' life. Go ahead and shout it out. Through a burning bush that wasn't consumed, right? I want to, I, I, I did this, I found some videos online, I couldn't go back and find them again. But they were from, at least I found some initially that didn't have any commercial, like any promo marketing stuff on them. And then I, and I went back this week, I couldn't find what I was looking for. But if you have an opportunity to go to YouTube or someplace like that, type in Moses, uh, God speaking to Moses, and find the, the, and maybe some of you have seen this series by the History Channel. Remember the Bible by the History Channel? There is an episode where God speaks to Moses that I think is profound to the point where it really challenged the way I used to view it. I viewed it like, and maybe it was, I don't know. It's just people's different perceptions. But I've always viewed it in my mind, and I don't know where I got it. It was just how I viewed it. That when God, that Moses stumbled upon this little burning bush, like right here. This is a bush. Moses is out and this bush is like burning, right? Now, some of you may say, well, that's a plant. That's not really a bush. Okay, I get it. But anyhow, let's pretend like it's a little bit bigger. And I, and I look and I'm thinking, you know, Moses walked up and he sees this bush that's on fire and it's not consumed. It's not, you know, being consumed by the fire. Then I saw this, somebody's perception of it from the History Channel, the Bible, when they did it. And Moses leaves his tent and it's this huge, <laughs> massive, tree like a like a like a tree but the tree is literally on fire this huge blazing fire that that that, that is that is cons- that is hovering over this tree and i'm thinking you know what maybe that perception is a little bit more correct 
Because when you later go on into the Old Testament and you read about the Shekinah glory, do you remember when they built the tabernacle? And do you remember when it was time for God to show up and His glory would just come down and open up? And, and they called it the Shekinah glory. I mean, it was like a massive, massive display of God, His glory, His essence of who He is. And I'm thinking, maybe that's the way it was when Moses comes out. That's very unique, right? God has a very unique way of communicating to each and every one of us. Mine might not be the same as yours in various ways. Another way is this. They knew it was God speaking. I doubt Moses had any doubt that God was speaking, right? He's sitting there. He's looking at this bush that's not being consumed. He, and, 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 and it's talking to him, okay? Um, I don't know about you, but those two things right there is kind of odd, right? A bush is on fire. It's not burning up. And the thing's talking to him, Right? identifies himself as God. <clears throat> so, people knew when God was speaking to them. They had no doubt that God was speaking to them. So it was very unique. They knew it was God speaking to them. They knew uh, that it, the, exactly who it was. The next one is this. That person... Go ahead and go to the next slide. That person knew for sure, or that person knows for sure, and the messaging was very clear. God's very clear on His messaging. A lot of times when we come out of it on the back side, we, we can get confused because we start running it through a grid of all kinds of different things and we say, well, I'm kind of confused. Well, here's a thought. Let's not think about it so much. God's pretty clear on the messaging, right? God's pretty clear. And that's why, you know, that's why I'm saying if we can become more sensitive with these promptings through, the, through His Holy Spirit, and if we would become obedient with those promptings, they're pretty clear. I mean, they're pretty clear when God moves us and says, hey, I want you to pick up a phone and call someone. We start muddying it up and we say, well, it's kind of late. Or, well, I don't know if I'll catch them. Well, I don't know about that. I can't get it to right now. I've got to do this. Next thing you know, it becomes very convoluted, right? And we don't do it. And we miss out on a prompting. But it is very clear when God speaks to us, it's clear on what He's asking and what He's communicating to us. The next one is this. It was the encounter. Many of us at times will say, well, God, show me a sign. Have you ever noticed? Show me another sign. My favorite is this. When we go, and let's say there's a few of us, and we gather around and we say, hey, i got something we need to really pray about. God, I believe God's leading me in this direction, you know. And we will gather some people around and we'll pray about it and pray about it. And then God will answer prayer. And then what do we do? I need to pray about that answer. Right? Okay, I got the answer. Now I need to pray about the answer. Is this really true? It's like, wait a second. Isn't that what we were praying for? You know what I'm saying? God answers, and then it's like, well, I got to pray about that. It's like, God, show me. God, God shows us, and it's like, well, I need to pray about that. Make sure it's true. It's like, God's answered our prayer. God's communicated to us. We've just encountered God. God's moved, and it's like, boom, here it is. And it's like, now we act. Now we become obedient. But that's how God, that's how God communicates, and always through the, and also through the Holy Spirit is the, is the other way that God communicates to us. So, essentially, this is, this is, God speaks to us in different ways, right? But essentially, what I'm going to share with you very quick through those first few things is this. When he communicates to us in different ways, number one, again, it's unique. We always know it's God's messaging. It's clear. We know it's from God. God, we, we, that is the encounter with God, okay? 
So the second thing is this, how does, you know, what's some of the ways he speaks to us? He speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. Now in the Old Testament, they had the burning bushes, they had the angels, they had the theophanies, they had all these different things. When God would speak, he would come to them. In the day of the New Testament, we live on this side of the cross. We have the Holy Spirit that communicates to us. The Holy Spirit lives inside of each and every one of us that believe. We say we're believers. We've given our lives to Christ. We've surrendered our lives to Christ. And, and, and what happens next is He places His Spirit inside of us to direct us, right? To, to help us to, you know, leads us into righteousness, enables us to do the right things, convicts us if we're going in the wrong direction, communicates to us the Spirit of God. Paul writes about this in Corinthians. Paul says, who knows the spirit of another person, or who knows the, a person more there we go with my kids the way they talk more better right I, I felt that one coming right holy cow that's crazy who knows who knows a person and I want to say it again more better than the spirit of that person I don't know you like your spirit and it's kind of like we start thinking about it, think, well that's pretty deep. that's kind of philosophical not really we all have a spirit right that's what the job of the Holy Spirit is. Do we understand that? That the Holy Spirit is the essence of God. He's part of the Trinity. And as a believer in the, you know, in the age of grace here after the, after the cross, after Jesus' death and resurrection, we literally have the Spirit of Christ living inside of us. Who do you think communicates to us? His Spirit. His Spirit communicates with you. The question is, do you hear Him? Are you obedient? Because after a while, when we become so disobedient, we begin we begin to kind of stifle the Spirit down. And after a while, we can enter to the spot where we really don't hear the Spirit that much because we've squelched the Spirit enough to where we just don't hear Him that well. And that's a very dangerous place to be. But God communicates to us through His Spirit John 14, uh, verses 8 through 9, the question that Philip asks Jesus is, you know, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it's enough for us. Philip said, Jesus, you know, this is before his, uh, you know, before he left them. Philip, Philip, one of the disciples says, Jesus, show us who the Father is. We don't know who the Father is. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says this, Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. God Himself was incarnate. God Himself became flesh. Jesus acknowledged and said, I am God. When The things that you've seen me do is what the Father does. I don't do anything on my own. I am the, I'm part of the Godhead. I do what the Father says to do. If you've seen me, you've seen my Father. Isn't that amazing? And, and so that is the Spirit communicating to uh, Jesus said, Have I been with you so long and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? And here's the other thing I want to share with you very quickly is that the truth is never discovered. It's always revealed. You don't have to go around trying to discover the truth. The Holy Spirit reveals it to us. The Holy Spirit reveals us the things of God and who God is and the truth and, and, the, and, and just the, the, the essence of who God is. And so God speaks in different ways, a myriad of different ways. Number one, He speaks through the Holy Spirit that lives inside each and every one of us. 
Number two, he speaks through the reading of his word. When we spend time reading his word, we discover more things about God. When we study his word, hopefully what happens is we don't just accumulate more knowledge of, of individuals that makes up this word. But hopefully what happens is we see God more clearly. We begin to see pieces of God that we didn't see before. And what it does, it draws us in deeper and deeper and deeper into this love relationship with God that enables us to love Him even more deeply. Because we look at Him, we're like, wow, this is crazy. God, you are so sovereign. You're so merciful. You're so graceful. You have, I mean, you, you, you just, you, you learn, but you experience and you encounter Him as you read His Word, as, as God speaks to us with His words. Paul, again, let me read this passage of Scripture from Paul. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, the natural person... Now, I want you to be very clear because this is something that if you're not hearing the Holy Spirit, if you're sitting in here this morning and you say, you know what, I never really hear the Holy Spirit. If you're sitting here this morning, you're like, you know what, when I read God's Word, I really don't get anything out of it. It just confuses me. Think about it. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. You can't. And it says, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. Paul's saying that when we have the Spirit of God living inside of us, we, we, we're, not, we're not the natural person anymore. We are one, we're God's child, and when God speaks to us, we're able to understand Him, and it's not folly. When God moves us in directions, we don't look at it and say, that's crazy, I'm not going to, I don't understand that, I'm not going to do that. A person that has the Holy Spirit living inside of them, that's living in submission to the Holy Spirit, understands that there's times you take faith steps. There's times where this whole thing is a faith journey, where you may not understand it, but instead of looking at it and saying, this doesn't make sense, it makes sense deep down inside of you because you understand that you're, you're, just, you're just faithful. You just want to be faithful and you want to be obedient to God. Does that make sense? If you can't ever understand who God is or the Word of God, I would highly encourage you to just stop and reflect and just pray to say, God, I don't know, something's off here. And maybe I'm not in, in line with you and I, I'm, I'm giving you my life. I'm repenting and giving you my, confessing and giving you my life. Here's my life so that I can know you more and understand you more. But the world doesn't accept God. Things, man, when you talk, when you talk, Christianity with the world, we're mocked now, right? I mean, they don't, the world is the antithesis of what Christianity is. I mean, to the point where it's becoming very volatile if you proclaim to be a Christian. But, again, it's the Spirit of God that enables us. God speaks through the Bible. Um, another way. Understanding spiritual truth does not lead you to this encounter, and we just talked about this. It is the encounter with God. When we experience God and we, 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 we connect with Him through the Word, that is an encounter with the Almighty God living inside of us. Another way that He speaks to us is through prayer. That's why it is critical for us to spend time with God in prayer. Do you ever notice then why it is so difficult to pray at times? Do you think it's because Satan knows exactly the power that, that is there when we spend time with God in prayer or the reading of His Word? And we, yet we become so distracted. We may not be off 
and as I shared with you before, you may not be off doing these huge, quote-unquote, sins, but we're so distracted, we're unable to spend time with God in prayer, we're unable to spend time in His Word, we don't have the time. I'm busy, I've got this going on, I've got this, 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 and this. When do I have time to do that? You're literally cutting your power source off. You're literally disconnecting yourself from the very power that God is giving you. And that's exactly what Satan wants to do. You can become so distracted with everything, something good, and you can become so distracted that you're literally cutting yourself off from the source of his power. God speaks to us through prayer. What God says in prayer is far more important than what we say. Romans 8, 26 and 27, listen to this. Paul writes and says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. That verse to me is so powerful. There are times when I go to God in prayer, I know exactly what I'm praying for. God, I'm praying for this. God, I'm, I'm coming before you and I'm lifting this up. There are times when God, when something's going on in my life or something's going on in the life of someone else and I want to lift them up and literally I don't know what to pray. Have you ever had that situation where literally you go to God and you're like, I have no clue how to present this prayer, this request. And the faith and trust that I have is that I can sit there and say, God, you know my heart. You know my mind. You know my what I'm carrying here. You know what I want to bring you. And it's like you trust in the Holy Spirit to intercede, as Paul's saying, on your behalf. To say, God, this is what this is what it is. And the, inter, and the power of the Holy Spirit intercedes and, and, and gives us, uh, speaks on our behalf. God speaks through the Holy Spirit. He speaks through His Word. He speaks um, uh, through uh, through prayer. And he also speaks through circumstances. And circumstances are life events. God speaks through, through life events, both positive and negative. Some of us have had extremely, where we have these extreme positive things, and you know it's like God speaking and, and, and God uses those things to confirm. You know, you've prayed about something and God answers your prayer. And it's an answered prayer and you're like, this is, I mean, you're just, you're on top of it. God also uses negative things. We just sang a song that talked about it, did it not? Where it said, what? God uses all things for what? For our good. So, See, here's the problem at times. The problem is at times we quit understanding that we're human. That we're finite before an infinite God. And we want to like make sure all the dots can connect and we can see this, this picture at time. And there's times where on this faith journey we don't have that luxury. Where when events happen within our lives, we don't understand them. We, we want to understand them. We want to know why this took place. And some of us can dwell so much on that. Some of us can walk away from the faith or attempt to walk away from the faith with that. We're trying to, to understand something that happened within our lives or within someone else's life. And we can't get our brain wrapped around it. And so it really puts a, a, a hurt on our spiritual walk. Some of us can pull back from that and say, you know what? I don't need to understand every little detail. Some of us can pull back and say, God, this is a faith journey. I understand that I'm not going to, to, to know or I'm not going to, my, I'm not going to be able to see how all this fits together. But I trust you. I trust you. 
Remember Joseph's life. Remember what Joseph, remember that, that, that passage in Genesis where he says, you know, people, people intended things to harm, but you intended for these things to be good, right? And throughout the scripture, that's what we see. At times where men and women didn't see the big picture, but they saw immediately where God, like in front of them, that they were called to a step of obedience. Where God had spoken to them, and they were caught through a life event, whatever it may be, and they, they, they remained faithful, and they remained obedient. God uses life events or circumstances, both positive and negative. And then the last thing is this. God speaks through the church. Okay? And what that means is when it's the church, God speaks through other believers. He speaks through other teachers. He speaks through other people that, that, that he speaks through, through his children to each and every one of us. You may be someone that's going to turn and speak to someone today. God might use you. You're going to be obedient. God's going to lay something on your heart. You may have spent time in God's Word this week. You may have spent time in prayer. You may have had this, this, this thing come across your radar, if I, if we could say that, your spiritual radar where the Holy Spirit came across and said, I need you to connect with so and so. And instead of you putting that to the side, instead of you saying, I don't understand why, and come up with excuse, various excuses, you were obedient. And because you were obedient, and even though you didn't understand, you reached out and you made contact with someone, and then later on you find out that you made contact at the most sensitive time in that person's life. God used you in a very integral way to touch someone else. We are the church, okay? It's not the four walls. It is us that have, that have placed our faith and trust in the Jesus Christ. God chooses to mobilize us as his people. That's the way it's supposed to be. Somehow we've created an option that says, well, I can just kind of hang out until Jesus returns. That's nowhere in the scripture whatsoever. We are his people. We are his hands and feet. We're the ones that, that go out and we minister God's grace and love if we're obedient. But God uses different teachers. He uses the church. He uses different people. That's why I'm suggesting next week that you will come and you entertain. You will listen to someone who's had, an, who's had, where God has laid a message upon his heart to share. And that you would entertain it. You would listen to what this guy is saying and just entertain what he's saying and say, okay, let's, let's see where this goes. Let's, let's see if God, if this is something that God wants me to hear and if this is something that God's going to lay in my heart. Don't back out of it. Don't say, well, I just, I don't, you know, I'm just going to, you know, a lot of it's just out of stubbornness that we don't do things. Maybe this is going to be one of those things that's going to draw you in much deeper in, in your walk with Christ. Something that is simple. Again, it's not, I'm not replacing it with the Word of God. I'm simply saying it could be something that God uses to teach us in, uh, through, through another thing that God uses to teach us. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16, Paul writes about this. Paul says, rather, Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, which each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Every single one of us is a part of the church that has placed our faith and trust into, into Jesus Christ. So does that make sense? That's how God speaks to us, various ways. God may use His Word. Are you spending time in God's Word? Are you staying faithful and obedient in God's Word? In prayer? Uh, listening, you know, doing life together in a small group or with a couple other individuals where you're able to really speak truth into each other's lives? 
Are you in positions where you're able to listen and to hear God's voice? Is your heart ready when God speaks? Is your heart there and is it cultivated to the point when someone speaks, when God uses something or someone else to speak, it, it falls on fertile soil and you listen and it drives you to obedience. Real quick, I want to share with you a couple things you need to be very careful about. And this can get us in traps a lot of times. A couple things to be careful about is asking for signs. Okay? God may give you signs at times, right? But if you're a person that you have to have signs before you move, you need to be careful. And you need to spend time in God's Word because Israel got scolded for that, right? There comes a point to where faith supersedes those things. I don't know about you guys, but there's something standing right here that's one of the biggest signs that you have in front of your face. And that is an empty cross. That's a sign. That's a huge sign. That's probably right there the only sign that we need is to know, you know what? Our God's not dead. Our God has won. Our God is taking the banner out and, and fighting for us. We're following Him. He is our God, right? That is the biggest sign that we need right there. We need to be careful at times. Now, I'm not saying that God won't give you signs. Don't, don't walk out of here all disrupted because I'm saying you need to be careful. I'm just saying you need to be careful when you say, well, it's got to be this or none. Okay? The second thing is this. Methods. Methods. A lot of times, methods replace faithfulness. We have X, Y, and Z. If something doesn't fit cleanly and neatly into X, Y, and Z, we're like, mm, I'm out. Be very careful because God may not choose to speak to you through X, Y, and Z because He's wanting to grow you to have some faith. And why is it that you have to have the Almighty Creator of this world speak to you in a certain X, Y, and Z way before you will move or entertain or be obedient, right? So just be careful. Can he use methods? Absolutely. We're talking about a few methods in a sense. But but be careful. You don't rely on these things solely. Okay? Name it, claim it is another one. Be very careful. You know, there is there is something to praying in the name of Jesus for something. But sometimes God may not want to answer the prayer the way you're answering it. And this is where we have to have faith. Okay? And then the last one is this. Is doors. Okay? I'm just saying, be careful. Now this is where reading the Word of God comes in. Correct? There's a lot of men and women that I read about in here that the doors were closed. Well, you know, God, you know, God closes that door, He's going to open up another one. Maybe, if that's how you want to look at it. Maybe we just need to be faithful and take the steps and allow God to direct us and move. I think the journey is a little bit more like navigating a river where we're in a canoe and you're going downstream and you're just, you're kind of navigating, right? You're navigating. It's not so much this linear, okay, I got a door, it's closed, let's not go, we're not going through that one. Let's talk about doors for a second. Do you think the Apostle Paul had doors closed in his face? How many of us would have stopped after one or two shipwrecks to say, mm, maybe this isn't for me? How many of us would say, Okay, let's think about this for a second. I've had these persecutions here. I've been beat nearly to death a couple times. Maybe God's telling me that this door is closed and I shouldn't go this direction. Right? Look at the life of Paul, just for one, 
for one instance. Look at the life of Paul and tell me that he didn't have doors closed if we're going to use that method. But Paul stayed focused and it was about, he was convinced that it was the will of God of what he was, what he was doing. But he experienced hardship after hardship after hardship where many of us would say, you know what, I think God's closing doors and I shouldn't bust down that door, correct? Maybe. Or maybe God's saying, have a little faith and walk. Have a little faith and take a step into the unknown. Let's test it a little bit, and that's okay. I'm just saying, be careful, okay? I'm not saying they're wrong, and this is just my opinion. I'm just saying, I think we need to be a little sensitive and careful, because if we're not, we can fall into this trap that if it doesn't go through certain grids, just like the Jews were at the time, just like Israel was when entertaining Jesus' teachings, it's like, well, give us a sign, give us a sign, you know, he's, he's like, you demand a sign. And what did he say? He, there was a sign giving, and we're going to be celebrating it here shortly. He was talking about dying and being raised. You remember? He was talking about his death and resurrection. That was the ultimate sign, and they still missed it. So, be careful. God wants to speak to you. For some of you, you've got it, you understand it. For some of us, it, it can be a tricky thing where, where it's like we're kind of, we, we, we don't, we, 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 we've got some things where we're, where we're a little cautious and instead of taking steps of faith, we're a little bit more reserved. I'm just saying be careful. Let's be careful. Let's prepare the hearts of our minds and the hearts of our, uh, the soils of our hearts so that when God speaks, it falls on fertile soil. And let's be very careful and very clear that, that God speaks. God does speak and God shares things with us and He, He calls us into, once we hear that, into obedience. And so this morning as the worship team comes back, I just want to close uh, my time with a word of prayer and ask that God would just, that God would just, uh, just have a message, a very clear message for us this morning, each and every one of us sitting in here, understanding that He does speak to us, understanding that there may be different ways, and that we might have this sense of, of or this sensitivity of our hearts to receive that message that He's laying on our hearts. That you would be very clear in understanding of what His message is so that you would be obedient and act upon that. So why don't you stand with me? Let me lead us into a word of prayer. <coughs> Father, I give you, I just give you thanks for this opportunity that we can come and we can talk about these things. Father, I know that this is one of those messages that is so basic, but yet is one of the, I think, a message uh, of a concept that gets us tripped up so easily. We get so distracted, and at times if we would just step back, we can see where we've put, where we've put obstacles between us and you in receiving your word, in receiving your message for us. Father, sometimes we place those messages, or we place those obstacles intentionally because we feel convicted. Because we don't want to act in obedience. Because we want to excuse away something. Or we don't want to eradicate something in our lives. Or we don't want to take a step in the direction you want us to take. And I pray, Father, that you would convict us this morning and help us to turn that over to you right now. And that wouldn't be, that would not be part of who we are. But instead, Father, you would find people in here that are seeking you. That are intently listening for your voice through the church, other teachers, through your word, through prayer, through the nudgings of your Holy Spirit, that we would be in tune with these things, life circumstances, 
all of these things, Father, that we would be able to, to, to hear distinctly your voice. Father, I pray that as we do, that you're, that you would find a child of obedience, a child that will follow, a child that will step out into the unknown, a child that will not have a reluctant heart, but a child that would have a fertile heart wanting to do the things that you've called us to do. Father, I pray in this time that we close with one last song that you might speak to us, that you might lay heavy upon our hearts, Father, the things that, that, that just the, the message that you have for us to hear this morning. And I pray that we would respond in a way that would be pleasing to you. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, that we pray and that we ask these things. Amen.